Hey everybody, welcome to a Labor Day week, shortened Labor Day week of Biz Dads. We're back with another great episode for you. This week we're going to talk about some interesting things happening in the life of Andres and yours truly. Some crazy things in the world of the U.S. Open, a little forecast of the NFL. Two new segments. So we'll get a little bit of DJ and the Market 101. Him educating us on some of the simpler things to keep an eye on and to understand. We'll have another new segment called Hashtag Adulting. This week's episode, how do you talk politics in a social setting or in a work setting? And then this week's Final Four, the top four crazy sports moments that we've all seen. Let's get into it. This week's Biz Dads. All right, Andres, Labor Day weekend. We got the extra day off. How was your holiday? It was good. I got to see you and your... uh... Well, I can't say it on air, but she had a birthday, Margaret Ann, for the, uh, the little get-together, um, socially distant. You guys did a good job. I was, I had my mask, and I was ready to pull it out, you know? I was there, and everybody was socially distanced, and you guys pulled it off, man. Congratulations. Well, it was a thank good time. You. you know, I tried to set it up to where we had, we were going for a birthday party. I think we got backyard wedding with the decor, <laughs> thanks to our uh, our great friend Beth for the table settings you know, we went the extra mile and rented tables and sp- spread them apart and five chairs per table and and all that stuff. Um, it was a great time and just, you know, I, I hated that we didn't get to bit celebrate it with even more people because there's so many people out there that love Margaret Ann. But it was socially it was it was socially distanced, responsible, and we'll have a big celebration when the world gets back to normal. So thanks for coming, buddy. Yeah, it was fun. I, I can't tell you I know what horse run you know went uh, ran and won the uh, kentucky derby but uh i guess i uh i could always turn to you because i know you love to watch the thoroughbreds so who, who did end up winning the kentucky derby well you know it was a great derby because uh, normally when you have a triple crown which not even a lot of people thought the triple crown was in play because they forget the belmont has already run the belmont's normally the third race of the year it's the longest it was shortened this year, and the whole Triple Crown would have had an asterisk anyway. So Tis the Law ended up not winning. He came in as the Belmont winner, was the favorite by far, and authentic won. Great horse. Again, the Bob Baffert horse that is just, he's like the rock star. He's like the Michael Jordan of horse racing. Every time you turn around, that dude's got a horse winning, winning a Triple Crown race or the Triple Crown. It's always fun for us because, you know, we have the Derby party, and Margaret Ann's party fell on Derby Day, Saturday. So it was fun to get everybody out there. We didn't uh, partake in any of the normal betting because normally there's cups full of cash, and uh, we were being responsible, so no cups full of cash. I don't ever win anyway because somebody, somebody inevitably draws the top horse. There's no skill involved. But it was fun, you know, and it was a great event. It's just weird. It was weird seeing it with no fans in the stands. I'll say that for every mega event, but... This was the first weekend I actually sat down on a Saturday and was like, man, there's a lot to watch. There was the Kentucky Derby. There was NHL Finals. There was U.S. Open. I mean, there was a lot of exciting stuff going on this weekend. And I'm forgetting, you know, a handful of other things. College football, for crying out loud. Yeah, I was going to say, there was some NBA playoffs. And uh, I did. I did see some college football kicked off. So The Tour Championship here. Starting Thursday. The Tour Championship here in Atlanta at Eastlake. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Dustin Johnson, did he win 15 million bucks over the weekend? 
he did DJ going away. The, the other DJ, the wealthier DJ, uh, he won going away. I mean, he won by five strokes. Eastlake does an amazing job. It's such an amazing course. And when these guys who are, you know, driving the ball like clockwork down the middle are complaining because of how hard of a driving course is because the fairways were so narrow and the, the rough was so thick, it made for a lot of fun to watch. I watched a lot of golf this weekend, probably more than anything else. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we watched a lot of, Ben and I watched a lot of baseball. So it's a great weekend for sports, man. And it's getting even better this week with NFL starting. Yeah. Thursday night, the yeah. Chiefs begin their, their, their repeat starts. <laughs> we play Houston. Two pretty well-paid quarterbacks could be matching up. Yeah. Sean Watson and Mr. Patrick Mahomes. So should be fun. Uh, I think the Chiefs are one of the few uh, NFL franchises that are going to allow some fans in the stands. So, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to tuning in. It, it's definitely not been the same buildup to an NFL season as in years past. So, Yeah, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> there's been plenty of memes during the pandemic I don't know if you saw it, but it was like every month something was happening. So you had the coronavirus, and then you had the, the murder hornets, and then you had all these different stuff. And it's like the two hurricanes and the Gulf. And there's been these great memes of like this whole thing ending in February 2021 with the Cleveland Browns winning the Super Bowl. Like alien <laughs> attacks and meteor showers and all this stuff. And the last thing, the real, the real undoing of the whole society is the Cleveland Browns winning the Super Bowl. But the march starts this weekend against the Ravens. Division rival, the Browns are my most hated team because they they stole championships from us in Cleveland. Little little uh, sore spot there for me, DJ, but I'm predicting my round my Browns playing the AFC championship. Really? You heard it here wow. first. AFC championship, huh? They'll be playing your Kansas City Chiefs wow. for a chance I like it. to go to the Super Bowl, which I think this year is in Tampa. So yeah, watch I got to come up on the NFL over the next, I guess, uh, 48 hours because the first games are in two nights. So um, it's come on quick. Um, we're going to be spoiled come come Thursday. And then does, does the regular season kick off Sunday? Yeah. Wow. Everything kicks off this weekend. And, are you doing and, fantasy football? I'm not doing fantasy football. I'm doing a. Um, I'm on a fantasy team. I've got okay. a guy who does all the management. I'm just part of the. I'm the silent backer, financially. He does all. He makes all the moves. I don't pay enough attention <laughs> to fantasy football to, to do that. But um, I do have a little, a couple of little, um, you know, fun uh, games that I play with a couple of buddies for yeah. NFL and college football, and that uh, that keeps me invested. But college football, I mean, you got ESPN College Game Day built by the Home Depot on the road for the first time ever at Wake Forest, taking on Twist's Clemson Tigers. Tigers, number one ranked Tigers, starting with a W at Truist Field. Yeah, did I see, uh, speaking of, of uh, college football, did I see that uh, that Georgia's um, stud transfer has decided to opt out of the season and prepare for the NFL draft? Georgia had two stud transfers, so there's going to be a little bit of quarterback controversy in Athens. And one of them, um, from Wake Forest, ironically, decided that he was going to bow out and prepare for the draft. You're seeing a lot of that. There's a lot of these kids yeah. that are not going to play this year and are preparing for the NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I wish wasn't happening. I, I understand these kids got to do what's best for them. You really, I'd really love to see how some of these teams play. You know, And, and still no answer really on the Big Ten and what they're going to do or when they're going to start. 
Um, so now you've just got three of the Power Fives that are going to be playing, and they're off to the races this weekend. So that's fun crazy. college football to start. I doubt it's Clemson crazy. will be able to do anything. I mean, they're they'll probably win four or five games all season. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they I don't think they got a shot to make the college football playoff twist. I, I don't know. You're gonna yeah, have to. You are comedians. <laughs> <laughs> you are true comedians. Well, there was um, this this week in sports. Uh, we talked about our Final Four, and it's it's inspired by this. Novak Djokovic has had like a crazy year. He had you know COVID breakout at his camp, got a lot of flack for that. He goes to the U.S. Open, and he literally throat-punched a lady with a tennis ball this weekend. It's uh, <laughs> so wild. It was the craziest thing ever. Like, this poor woman is just standing there minding her own damn business, and a tennis ball hits her square in the jugular, man. I'm sure it hurt a lot, but she was also very dramatic about it. Well, I'm sure it hurt, though, but she, she like, like, <gasps> like fell to the ground like that. I mean, I'm sure it did hurt that bad, but I thought that was kind of funny. What was he thinking? Like, you don't just, and you're a tennis player. At what point do you just take a ball and just hit it as hard as you can back towards the the fence? I mean, I've done that before, but, like, obviously there's no one there. Like, even if someone's, like, he's done, he's played tennis his entire life. Like, there's always people behind him. Like, he knows people are behind him at all times. Like, did he just black out? I don't understand how that happened. It's crazy to me. He's already the most hated tennis player, and now he, I think, is honestly done for. People already do not like him, and his whole new tennis league that he's doing, I don't understand. Like, so I just there's some. We'll have to dig into that a little bit. That's interesting because he's creating this men's only tennis league, right? Yeah, and Nadal and Federer are not behind it. Arguably the two. But my boy John Isner is, and I'm like, what the heck, dude? John, 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 John. What I think is so interesting about that whole thing is if you just like a picture isn't a picture is a cliche. The picture is worth a thousand words. If everybody around the world who's picked up a newspaper in the last two days has seen this picture of Joker over there with his hand on her back, like trying to like apologize. And she's just giving him the eye of like with her lips parsed saying like, dude, you just hit me in the face with the ball. It was uh, she, that, look, that and, look is uh, fierce, man. It is fierce. Dude, now there's fans coming out and apparently are threatening her and there's backlash. There's all sorts of reporting her about anger issues that he has. And, you know, this is going to turn into, look, it's the New York, it's, it's, it's New York. It's massive media. You don't have Federer playing. You don't have Nadal playing. You don't have Joker playing. So it's going to be somebody on the men's side, at least winning their first ever major I mean, I'm just pulling for Serena. I want her to get over the hump. I mean, she's into the quarters. I don't know if she's playing tonight um, or if it's tomorrow, Tuesday. But, uh, man, I'd love to see her just get over the hump and finally, you know, get that. I think it's that 21st major. So we'll see. But, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about what were you thinking moments in our final four. There's plenty, too. Um, to narrow it down just to four of them. Well, let's jump into a new segment. We, we're tentatively workshopping this. As, as our listeners may know, your nickname is The DJ. Your ability to uh, spin the ones and twos. And I need you to, unlike your DJing career, I need you to finish this song. Those of you that listen to your DJ skills know that you like to hear about three quarters of every song and then move on to another right. great beat. But let's get into this week's DJ on the Dow. So Man. here's my question for you. 
Mm. I put a little money in an E-Trade account and decided now, like most people who are getting away from sports gambling, they're now taking their gambling habit to the, the market. So I've got this money sitting in this E-Trade account. And I don't know what to do with it, really. You know, I bought a couple things here and there. It's not enough to go full Apple, but I want to have some fun with it. I want to learn a couple things. Give me some just things to pay attention to. Give me a kind of a, a 101, if you will. Well, I would say the first thing you got to do is not watch CNBC. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait, wait, I really, I'm not going to lie to you. I have like been... The cardinal rules of being uh, a, an investor, I think, is you can't watch CNBC or you can't watch any of these like daytime cable TV shows because if you do, you're prone to like emotional reaction. But of course, I'm not going to give you advice because okay. I'm not your advisor. And okay, hold on one second point. though. I really got addicted to CNBC during the workday. <laughs> so... Why not? Like, what is, is it because it is literally just, is it clickbait? Like, are, are they just giving these opinions like sports talk radio for the stock market? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, look, they're selling advertising. It's a media platform. And so you have a lot of personalities. You know, Jim Cramer is one of them. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think... I think what happens, you know, to people that get glued to the TV or glued to watching their portfolios day to day is it's so easy for you to, you know, have your behavior influenced. I mean, psychological, right? So I, I think going back to your original question, you know, what are some basic steps I can take? Shoot, Brad, go to the eTrade.com website, set some goals. Step number one, set some goals. How much do you have to invest? What are your short and long-term goals? I mean, I'm giving you the canned stuff, but I, I do think that's good advice. I think you have to kind of sit down and set some goals. Obviously, you've got the account open. It sounds like you funded it. You know, the one thing about a lot of these online platforms, these day, you know, day trading accounts, I wouldn't characterize them as day trading, but it's, you know, it's more like self-directed accounts like E-Trade and um, Schwab and you know, Robinhood's a new one that's real popular, especially with, with millennials and, and people that trade daily. But you can now pretty much invest in just about any market. You can invest in stocks. You can, you know, invest in mutual funds. You can invest in ETFs. We'll get into those and what all those mean and what those are. There's one thing about finance, man. They make use of jargon, left and right, and acronyms. And then I just think you have to kind of step back and, and I don't know, some people are into research. Some people are into analysis. Some people like talking to their buddies on the golf course. You know, what are you doing? Some people go and hire an advisor, or go and hire a broker. But I, I mean, I, what, one thing about investing is there's no shortage of opinions and there's no shortage of information. Yeah, I mean, I, one thing I've learned about investing in the market over the years is, you know, for me, watching day to day, it, it, it's fun and it does have the kind of excitement, especially when things are going well and mm -hmm. they have gone pretty well over the last, gosh, especially since really since March um, in particular, things have just been really up and to the right for tech companies in particular. But then if you look at what's happened here over the last, you know, three or four trading sessions, I, I think, you know, watching the markets, obviously it's just, it's a roller coaster. So step back from it from time to time, you know, I don't know. I, I like to think about playing that longer game and um, we'll, we'll get into some segments about dollar cost averaging and 
some of the you know some of the pros and cons you know of being able to pull your money out and trade so quickly which um these e-trade type platforms they do make it pretty easy i mean they're commission free um you can do fractional shares now and so i would never characterize it as gambling although the the famous <laughs> wisdom <laughs> the famous wisdom of people is that there's investors there's speculators and then there's gamblers and so best to know who you are um you know kind of and your own personality going in otherwise you know you're susceptible to losing a lot of cash so when you're i mean how important is a strategy like are, are you do you, have to, do you have to find something that you understand do you have to find something that you want to want to learn a lot about i mean is there any i think you should definitely start with things that you and 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 you know it doesn't hurt to gravitate to stuff that you you know that you understand so for example um i don't know a whole lot about like biotech i think it's an interesting area especially now with people thinking about vaccines and thinking about you know um how are we going to get through covid and back to normal without some kind of a vaccine all the all the biotech companies that are on the front edge and developing vaccines that's a really interesting area but i don't know enough about that space from a scientific um from a from a an r d perspective that i would that i would really be able to make sense of all the options on the other hand you take companies like products that i use every day amazon google netflix facebook you know nike these are, you know, these are companies that I feel in touch and see. And uh, so for me, if I'm going to go invest in single stocks, I'm, I'm gravitating to stuff that I feel like I can understand kind of what their business model is, right? I mean, I don't own a Tesla, but I can understand what they're doing and making electric vehicles or doing the whole solar power. And I kind of understand that business. I don't know if it's a good investment. Um, well, according I to CNBC today... They had a lot to say about Tesla. It was very, very interesting for me. What was your I mean, takeaway? Tesla's down over the last three trading periods. And yeah. considering that... got hammered today. They were expected to be included in the um, in, in one of the major indexes. The uh, decision came out today that they would not be included in one of those indexes. And the stock traded off pretty substantially uh, in part as a result of that. So... Yeah, I mean, you've got to you got to really go in, your, you know, with your eyes wide open. Um, the tech stocks, in particular, here over the last several trading sessions, have given back quite a bit of their gains. They're still up, you know, substantially for the year in general. Some more so than others. But you know what's up year to date more than anything? I mean, take stocks out of it, but I'm just saying, like in terms of indexes, currencies, commodities. What's that? Silver. Of forty-five percent year to date. Number two, natural gas, up thirty-seven percent. And number three, coffee. A lot more people drinking coffee at home. How's Starbucks doing? A lot more people drinking coffee at home. And the bottom three performers over the last, well, I guess that was the quarter. Um, The bottom three performers year to date are no surprise, all energy related. Diesel down forty-seven percent energy index down 45 crude oil down 40 and gasoline down 35 prices at the pump have been way down 
it's it's crazy. uh it's interesting stuff to watch um i'll look forward to updating you and hearing more about what you're interested in and what you're learning as you dive into this e-trade thing let me ask you one question though before how we get out of segment yeah what is the most intimidating thing about investing for you that's a great question for me it is a lack of understanding because i am intimidated not by losing the money i'm intimidated by not being educated enough to make the right decisions. I have a handful of things right now that I have bought into that came from a little research that I did. And one actually had a pretty decent day today. The other one had a 4% drop, um, Mm. which is, you know, Alibaba. Just, you know, I mean, it's something that's been performing fairly well. But I don't know enough about it. And that's what drives me probably the most nuts is... And I don't know where to look for the information because yeah. like, for example, when I'm watching CNBC throughout the day, you hear all kinds of craziness is no, in my opinion only, it's no different than watching CNN or Fox news for your, for your daily news, right? It's just kind of up and down and you don't really know how to form an opinion because you hear so much back and forth. Yeah. It's overload. Right. And the Wall Street Journal probably is a great source that I need to start reading more. That's probably the one thing that I, I want to do with this new interest in the stock market is read more in the Wall Street Journal. And I personally want to find a sector that I like and I want to follow. So it's, I don't know. I mean, it's just, for me, it's, I always have said that my lack of financial understanding of the market and those kind of things are an Achilles heel. Like I would like to improve that sector i would like to improve understanding um of all things you know all things finance really just to have a better understanding of of it and to be able to run my business better all that kind of stuff so there's a thirst to learn more and it's now made its way to the market to understand how our global economy is working yeah no i mean for me one of the things that i i as we wrap up one of the things that I've found uh, has served me well in trying to better understand the market a little bit is is uh, is just reading. And uh, that one of the things I struggle with is just knowing, like you said, kind of where to start. Uh, for me, it's, you know, when you are ready to make an investment decision, like being uh, highly convicted to make that decision and not being, um, you know, not being paralyzed by too much information. Because yeah. you can always find more information when you're talking about you know, this particular space. So yeah, no, that's, that's good. I mean, I, uh, I hope you'll ask more questions. Uh, I'm sure we'll have more opportunities to dive further into, uh, what's going on with your E-Trade account. I've got a couple of brokerage accounts myself. Um, and I'm happy to share my fails, my fails, and, uh, maybe some of the successes, uh, that we're both having. It'll be good stuff to talk about in the weeks ahead. Well, I, I think this is a great new segment. I want to do it a lot more. I think this is some valuable stuff for our listeners, because if they're anything like me and they don't work in this business, they probably have a ton of questions, you know, and I've talked to a couple of buddies that I'm close to and they have spent a lot of time recently getting into the stock market. Some of which have even taken over their entire 401k and are managing. That's ballsy in my opinion, but if you're comfortable with it and you're aggressive enough, go for it. Why not take that into your hands as opposed to being more conservative at this stage in our life. I mean, we're, we only have a couple more decades left in our professional careers. It's our earning 
period right now. We got to rock and roll. We're not all twist. You know, can just sit back and save ten percent and be on an easy street. Well, one thing, one thing that I did last night is uh, I was, I was, uh, I was just reading. Um, I was on. Do you use Reddit, Brad? I don't. Okay, so yeah, maybe that, maybe that's the worst thing you could do about getting a lot of Reddit channels dedicated to investing in sectors and specific stocks and it's uh it's pretty crazy what you know you can you can uh what you can uncover and leak you know read about and see about uh stocks and sectors so maybe you should after all stick to cnbc (laughs) (laughs) all right well hey our very first installment of dj on the dow i like it let's keep doing it all right Another new and very important segment. Going to get a little deep here on our listeners. It's going to be our hashtag adulting segment. So, twist generation, hashtags everything. And adulting is now all of a sudden a verb, right? You got to adult. So, let's talk a little bit about how to adult. Maybe some some younger listeners can take some advice from us old sages. And maybe from now on, again, we'll have you know, more wise souls come and help us learn how to adult, Andres. So here's topic one. Over the last two social events that I have been at, and I will preface this by saying I am not the common denominator. I did not start these conversations. Politics have come up. Politics have come up in a big way at these social gatherings. One, a small dinner party of four couples. Two, a larger gathering, but still not that big, um, at the end of Margaret Ann's birthday party. And all of them were really, you know, polite, for the lack of a better term. There was a lot of passion and a lot of opposition. But for the most part, everybody was able to get their their points out. So a couple things I want to share with our listeners. And if you're learning how to adult... How do we talk about politics in a social setting? Yeah, what are some of the things, the do's and don'ts of politics in a social setting? What do you think? Well, I was going to ask you, if you could, to set the stage, because I wasn't in this conversation. Now, one of the things about politics that I think would would be, so, so was it about the issues or was it about the candidates? Had nothing to do with the candidates. Okay, that's a positive. Very much. These were these were issue based discussions. Yeah. Um, the first was much more focused on the what I would call the a combination of nature versus nurture and environmental in, involvement of politics. You know, our local community, public school. It was very heavy on that. So I think you're right. It's an interesting thing to to, to determine what is the environment and what is the topic of politics that you are going to be discussing. Craft your message and determine how passionate you are about that. Because when it came to that topic, I'm very, very passionate about what I think is things that we can do to improve our immediate influenced environment that if everyone was accountable could have a great impact, right? Yeah. But that was a systemic conversation, a systemic conversation, not about racism, but about the the public school system. 
Okay. Right. Most people think systemic and they go to the races. That's not what it was about. This was about public education. The second topic was just a much broader conversation on two different sides. The There was a strong group on the left and a strong group on the right. And there were a few that were in the middle. And it was a very, very healthy discussion. There was a lot of passion brought into it. But everyone, at the end of the day, everyone, no one got contentious. And I think that's my point is there's a couple lessons here. One, listen. Don't be afraid to talk politics. Don't be afraid to share your views. But listen to the person and their side of the story so that you can have it a an intelligent conversation. And two would be don't try to win the argument or convert the other person. Try to learn more about what their what their sides are. I mean those are things I think two of the most important things to me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean you and I were talking about this in the pre-show like when it comes to politics and discussing politics, are you a listener? Are you somebody that asks questions to kind of gain a perspective and understand the person's position? Or are you somebody that, you know, has already sort of identified and made clear what your position is on the issue and then you like the debate of politics and like trying to convince somebody that their position's wrong? I tend to be, and you know this probably more so, is that I, te- I tend to be more the question, like, I want to understand why you think necessarily the way you think. That doesn't mean I'm going to come right out and tell you my position. One of the things about politics and discussing it that I found in trying to be, and I probably, you know, am, am sometimes less and more so, is trying to be a little bit more diplomatic. And some people might say, well, you never make clear what your position is on the issues. I don't necessarily always feel that I need to be clear of my position on the issue. You know, I mean... Since when did I have to make the decision right there at that time? And the other thing is, I don't know that I'm consistent. Like if you said, are you always on the left or always on the right when it comes to issues? Like I probably do move around more. Mm -hmm. So than your typical, if you said, you know, you're talking to somebody that's more democratic or, or liberal, or you're talking to somebody that tends to be more conservative and vote Republican, I, I, you know, still believe there is a position as a moderate. I mean, some people are like, eh, moderate. You don't have a party anymore. But it, it really does depend on the issue. So that's why for me it comes down to, that's why I asked you that question is, was it about I'm a Biden fan or I'm a Brian Kemp fan or I'm a, you know, Trump fan or I'm a, you know, Kamala Harris fan or whatever, or was it on the actual issues, whether it's, you know, public education, you know, immigration, or something even more local, like yeah. opening up schools. Yeah, it's funny. I tend not to get into the conversation on candidates because I think most people are less likely to listen and to That's learn. That's when it's over. I mean, you start talking candidates and the conversation might as well be over. Like from a topic standpoint, I love having an educated discussion with someone because I'm, I like to be in the listener camp, the understanding camp. Very rarely are, is anyone going to change my views, but I want to be educated. I want to understand the points that people are making in opposition of my views. And I'm not one that gets real 
contentious in these discussions. I like to understand and I like to 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 inquire on why people think a certain way. You you it is funny. I, you have a knack for asking so many questions. It actually does raise the question of what what does he think? Like he's asking me so many questions. I don't right. even know where he stands on any of this. Right. And and and, and right. this is not the forum for us to talk politics. We've talked about that. There are certain things that we will address, obviously, as necessary. But at the end of the day, I just really enjoy talking about what other people think and believe. And if it's something that is important as public education, like, I want to have that conversation with my neighbor. I want to understand why my neighbor believes that public education is impacted all the way up to the federal government. I want to understand why they are anti the public school system, whatever it is. Right. Right. Um, when it comes to holistic approach, politics, left versus right, I, I do tend to be more, you know, inquisitive. There are certain issues that are hot buttons for everybody. And I think that's when emotions flare. And I've never been in a political discussion when it's gotten that far that some emotions haven't flared, which I think isn't a bad thing. It's healthy. As long as, again, you're respectful of the person that you're talking with. And it's not trying to win the debate. We're not running for office here. So I don't have oh, I to... I wish harder. I had gotten my sitter for another hour or two. I would have I would have enjoyed being a part of that that uh, that political discussion. One thing that 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 did happen since our last uh, our last show was that our local um, school district announced that the plan is to reopen schools on October fifth. That's the plan. Hopefully that will will actually happen. You know what's interesting is over the last five or six days talking to families, I've gotten more questions like from people like, what are you planning to do? You know, for me, I'm like, we're planning to go back. Like we're planning to send our kids back. You know, I was glad to see that they did come out and say that the kids are going to be required to wear masks. I think that's, you know, I think they kind of had to, you know, so I, I mean, I'm in favor of, of the, our kids going back at this point. I, I don't have any reason not to. I mean, Heidi's the one doing the heavy lifting on the schooling, but I, I don't know. I just found that, I found that to be a little interesting that, you know, a number of folks actually, you know, I don't know. I guess maybe that's because I give off the the idea that maybe we were not going to send our kids back or we were unsure um, or maybe they were just curious. I don't really jump right out and say, like, Brad, what are you and Margaret Ann getting, you know, going to do? I mean, I haven't even asked you that. Not that it matters, but I know that that's what a lot of people want to know is what are you thinking? You know, are you sending your kids back? <laughs> it's just you know, it is funny. conversation. I mean, part we'll have to do a whole adulting segment on judging yeah parents i think that's probably more the like the craziest thing i've experienced over the last couple of years is parents judging each other for the decisions yeah. that they make and this pandemic has amplified that tenfold right. i we are sending our kids back i am kicking them in the rear end back into school like go margaret and i were right. talking today about the bus you know we're traditionally after school program family where the kids go to the after school program and we were talking about do we need that this year because Margaret Ann's going to be working from home I'm going to be working from home we subleased our office so we're going to be virtual and the kids can come home and do what they've been doing um, but do are we comfortable putting them on the bus so yeah. I had a conversation with Ben today about how he has to be responsible and how he'll need to look out for his little brother as it relates to being on the bus like I don't want him sitting on the bus seat sucking on the seat in front of him Right. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. how do you prepare your kids from a hand sanitizer standpoint, all that stuff? So we are going back. I don't judge anybody for not going back. I only yeah. feel terrible 
for the teachers who now have to teach in both situations at the same time. I do feel that even in the environment where kids are back in school, the kids who are virtual are one or the other are going to suffer. If the teacher decides to spend more time in the virtual environment, the kids in the classroom are going to suffer or vice versa. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about, but about that in my opinion. You can't do both successfully. So I pray for a quick return to full back to school. I was glad to see that they said you could only make you made the decision for the rest of the semester, basically through the end of the calendar year. Everybody will be able to reassess. Hopefully the world's still got some level of normal. It was interesting. Do you see the CDC report of telling states to be prepared to distribute a vaccine as early as November 1st? Take the politics from the last couple of days out of it, but very interesting. Yeah. So I say all of that. The adulting segment could go on forever, but um, it's 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 very, very important that in all of this, you don't judge. Probably what this whole thing boils down to, the moral of our story. Yeah, I agree. And and listen, try to find try to find opportunities to listen. It's it's rare. It's rare that you you can get into a discussion on politics almost any more at a party like you described, and you have more than five or six people involved, and it not turn into a lot of heat. But it sounds like you all pulled it off. So, well, friendship one, friendship one for sure, and I think that's something you have to be careful about. Understand the environment, the room that you're in. Yeah. Don't kind of try to be the heavy-handed guy or gal in a room where you don't know everybody. I mean, my rule of thumb is don't talk politics if you're in a room of people you don't know. That's yeah. the number one rule. And tell your Land friends. Point. That's something that the next generation needs to understand, too. Um, but if sure. politics comes up, don't be afraid, but just be willing to listen. And hopefully the person on the other side is willing to listen as well. That's this week's hashtag adulting. All right, Andres. So let's wrap things up with this week's Final Four. The top four crazy sports moments of all time. For me, I have this vision in my head because I, I, I can't forget seeing it. It was Jose Canseco taking the home run ball off of his head, bouncing over the fence for a home run, and forever falling into the laughable side of Major League Baseball for everything that followed after that. But it's always a crazy moment for me. What do you got? Yeah, one of mine was uh, probably because I collected his baseball card growing up, but uh, one of my favorite baseball players growing up was Nolan Ryan. You know, he threw seven no-hitters, I think, in his career. And I remember he plunked uh, the young Robin Ventura, and I think Ventura charged the mound when he was with the White Sox. And I just remember the image, Nolan Ryan putting him in a headlock, his ball cap flying off, you know, as a bald Nolan Ryan just pummeling robin ventura's head um before you know it was broken up that to me was just one of those i don't know how memorable it was in terms of all time um you know for a good reason but it was uh it was just an image of old school meets new school and uh yeah for me that stuck out twist what you got and it better not include someone around clemson I don't know how y'all are picking game six of the national league championship series with steve bartman with him interfering the Cubs game. Steve Bartman. The that's a crazy one. That one was insane. I think uh, it is a good one. I mean, the the the, the Billy Goat curse there uh, for a long time, and then of course it was broken against my Indians in, in 2016. So 
I don't really think about anything as the Cubs. I try to block all of that out of my memory. I think one that we did agree on for the Final Four, and then I've got a couple. I think we have to have a couple honorable mentions this week. But yeah. number four is how do you uh, not list Mike Tyson biting Evander Holyfield's ear off in the middle of a prize title fight. That's, that's the craziest yeah. thing. You, yeah, that you know, was. Another one. That, that was nuts. I agree. So I've got a couple honorable mentions, and you guys feel free to jump in here, but I've got two. Honorable mention number one is Randy Johnson, another baseball one. Randy Johnson throwing that fastball and demolishing that bird <laughs> in yes. mid-pitch. Like, the craziness of that poor bird just completely being exploded by a, you know, 98-mile-an-hour fastball. And then for my love of college football, my days of the College Football Hall of Fame, the band is out on the field! The Cal-Stanford band-on-the-field game, probably the most iconic college football happening of all time. So those are my two honorable mentions. Yeah, my uh, my two of my honorable mentions. One's from the Olympics. We're not going to get the we didn't get the Olympics this year, but I remember. I think it was in the twenty. I think it was the twenty sixteen Olympics. Usain Bolt. I just remember, you know, him going for the um, hundred or two hundred, and like looking over at the camera like mid race and smiling when all these guys are like. <laughs> You know, they're running their hearts out, and he just, like, looks over at the camera and is like, yep, I still got it. Um, to me, that was just like, I'll never forget that. And then another one that stuck out to me was um, when Phelps, I guess they're both Olympics, when Phelps was going for his eighth, I think his eighth gold. And uh, it was seventh or eighth, and he ended up winning one of those two final races by, like, one one-hundredth of a second at the very, very, very end. Um, and I just, my wife caught the, she caught me on tape watching the race and I was literally doing all the strokes watching him and then, you know, going nuts when he, uh, when he won the race. So those are two of my honorable mentions. There you go. Twist, any honorable mentions? Um, just off the top of my head, we got Andres Escobar scoring his own goal for the World Cup in Colombia. Mm. I don't think I was alive for that, but I... You definitely weren't just, alive for that. I'm glad you Googled it. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about it. I was talking with my friends, and they were like, wait, that is one. And I was like, yeah, I guess that is kind of crazy. Uh, well, let's wrap this thing up. Let's get out of here like we are OJ in a white Bronco. <laughs> See what I did there? And that's this week's Biz Dads. See you next week.